Hello, church family. Today we're going to look at Acts chapter 18, uh, verse 22 to the end of the chapter, uh, verse 28. Um, by the way of just kind of bringing us up to speed here, uh, Paul just finished with his second missionary journey. He uh, traveled from uh, from uh, Thessalonica to Berea to Athens and then to Corinth. And every place he've gone to, he shared the gospel. He reasoned in the synagogue and tried to win people to Christ. And there were some that rejected the gospel and the others that received it. And... Um, and it seems like at this point that uh, he had a, like a, he was doing a Nazarite vow. Uh, he cuts his hair, and um, uh, in verse eighteen, and it's this you know this whatever it was, uh, 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 for however long he was there, he he seemed it seemed to indicate that he that during his missionary journey he wanted to uh, f- uh, just demonstrate outwardly that he has this devotion to the Lord to to life of holiness and just a, living a different life. I don't think he was doing this because he thought that his salvation was on the line, but he just really wanted to commit himself to uh, to, to, to gospel ministry. And um, and when this missionary journey was over, he cut his hair, and, and he's moving towards Ephesus. So it was from one uh, journey to another, and he, he goes. And he, he wanted to go um, to Ephesus, but then uh, he needs to stop by somewhere else first. And, uh, and when we get here, it almost gets to this little intermission because the tension here focuses away from paul and then gets into apollos in verse 22 said when he set landed in Caesarea, he went up and greeted the churches and went down to antioch um and then uh verse 23 and having spent some time there he left and passed successfully through the galatia region and uh fire fire uh, strengthening all disciples. So Paul is out uh, encouraging, teaching, shepherding the people there. And as all this is happening, uh, it, it's kind of like uh, Apollo shows in the picture. And I do think from a literary point of view that we, we see this is just kind of like uh, filling in some gaps because, you know, Paulus and Paul are going to do a lot of ministry together. And um, this kind of shows you his, how did Apollos come to saving faith? And I think as we look just through this little short few verses about his testimony, I hope that it'll encourage us to think about our own life and how we want to be used by God in a very unique way in such a unique time and um, may encourage us to be faithful in our evangelism. So let's look at verse 24. Now a Jew named Apollos, uh, an Alexandrian by birth, an eloquent man, came to Ephesus and he was mighty in the scriptures. Now, this is really cool because Apollos, we we, we know he appears throughout the scriptures again. Paul in 1 Corinthians says that, you know, uh, Paul uh, sowed the seed, Paul watered, uh, and the Lord is one who caused the growth. So he has this very unique uh, ability uh, to just shepherd people. But at this point, he was just someone that's known as an eloquent man. Just mean that to be eloquent at that time means more than just the ability to speak well. It means that he has has knowledge, uh, and oftentimes they are connected. I know there are some people have physical disability things or things might hinder them, like things like stuttering or um, or things like that. But oftentimes the best speakers are great at speaking is because they know their material. Um, some of the best uh, orators are, are great orators is because their mind is saturated in whatever field they are in. Uh, they pu- they f- they fully believe and know whatever topic, and they're able to speak in such a way that it's just with clarity, and if, and you can tell that they're passionate and have convictions. So, 
uh, Apollos was that he was known to have a lot of uh, knowledge and he was able to speak clearly. When he came to Ephesus, uh, he it was he was mighty in the scriptures. This means, you know, at the time of uh, when this was happening, this was the Old Testament scriptures. He was someone that um, uh, that that knew uh, that that knew the gospel, the the Old Testament very well. Let's say verse 25, this man has been instructed in the way of the Lord. Now, this word instructed, it's in the Greek, it ha- it's the same word for catechizing. Um, it's this idea that where you ask questions of someone and they hear the question, they respond back, and then they ask another set of questions, and then they hear those, and then they repeat back. So it's it's a, it's a kind of like a mnemonic device, a way for people to learn God's word. And, um, you know, if you're a parent and you're listening to this, I would encourage you to consider doing that as well. Just, just ask your kids questions so that they can think about it and even respond appropriately. They may not fully understand what they're hearing or even what they're saying, but at least you're training them in the right way so that they can be instructed in the way of God. Um, this word, again, instructed, is, is this idea is he's teaching orally, repeatedly, and just constantly going and teaching the way of the Lord. Now, this phrase, the way of the Lord, is, is very unique because the first time it really shows up in all of scriptures in Genesis uh, chapter 18, I think it's verse 18 or 19. Uh, and and it's, it's fascinating that that phrase, the same phrase is used in both. Um, obviously, this is kind of like the New Testament version of it. Uh, but the idea is that they, he, it, it seems to be uh, the Old Testament, but more than just the Old Testament, but how the Old Testament ties to Jesus Christ. Um, uh, the promises of Scripture, uh, and if you just kind of look up this phrase, this phrase shows up, uh, it starts in a very broad sense of just knowing what God wants to then knowing who the Messiah is. So Apollos has some, uh, you know, obviously he he has some sort of training and or at least some sort of knowledge of who God is of the of the Old Testament, and he he makes these connections that are actually good connections, uh, but they may not. Uh, but it hasn't got to the point where he he it fully clicked to him. He was making very accurate connections. And I believe that part of the reason why he did that was he, he studied the Old Testament Hebrew in his grammatical and his literal and his historical context. He understood everything that the author intended and that's how he got to certain conclusions. I actually have a commentary set by uh, a man that is a Jewish person who does not believe in Christ. And when you look at his commentaries about Isaiah 53 and and some of the prof, uh, prophetic passages towards Jesus, he will make reference to the fact that this might be about Jesus. But he, he seems so close to the kingdom, but he has not accepted the fact that Jesus is uh, Lord. And uh, and I think that's what Apollos is like. He knows the Old Testament very well. He knows the way of the Lord. And I said that he, being fervent in spirit, this is not the Holy Spirit talking here. He just, he just really wanted to teach. I said here at the end of verse 25, he was speaking and teaching accurately the things concerning Jesus, being acquainted only with the baptism of John. So so even though uh, Apollos did not know uh, fully believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. He did everything that an Old Testament Jewish person would, or yeah, any everything an old an Old Testament Jewish person would have done. He anticipated that there's going to be a savior. He knew that there's a certain birth, certain lineage, and he even did the the baptism of John the Baptist. So he was one that was really preparing his own heart to know who this Jesus is. And somewhere along the line, he didn't believe, or either he didn't believe, or he didn't. He wasn't exposed to Jesus and understood the gospel completely. And I say that because uh, later on, uh, uh, Priscilla and Quilla confronts him. In fact, uh, it says here in verse uh, 
um, 26, and he began to speak out boldly in the synagogue. But when Priscilla Quilla heard him, they took him aside, explained to him the way of God more accurately. So you'll notice that this phrase, the way of the Lord or the way of God, um, it was explained to him. Uh, he was teaching, and this implies that um, maybe uh, Priscilla and Quill were modeling after life after Paul by going to synagogue, probably trying to win people. And he, as they heard Apollos teach, they realized, hey, he's not that far from the kingdom. He's this guy is a very good teacher. He knows the Old Testament very well. He's explaining the passages the way that Jesus explained the passages, the way the apostles explained the passages. And he, there's this, this uh, so he's, uh, you know, they see him, they, they hear him teach, like, they're, he's so close, so they ask him to just, you know, talk, uh, you know, move him aside and just speak with him. And, and what they did was they try to help bridge the gap between what, uh, they, what they know, of, what Apollos knows of the Old Testament and what uh, the disciples now know in the New Testament era. And, and he's trying to help them, help Apollos bridge this mental gap that the thing that he's talking about, all the um, Old Testament references he's making to Israel, indeed point to Jesus, or at least point to Messiah, and Jesus is that Messiah. Um, and it says here he did it the way of God more accurately. This is same word here in teaching accurately the things concerning Jesus in verse 25, this idea that he, he took time. He, he knew what he had to say, and therefore he was able to speak uh, with authority uh, and is hoping to encourage people to, co- to come to saving faith or to be strengthened in the faith. Verse 27, he wanted to go across to Archaea, which is essentially Corinthians, Corinth. Uh, the brethren encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace. So the apostle, I mean, Apollos here understood that as um, he understood uh, that he he uh, he understood that he he needed to go and and administer to people and he's helping those who had uh, believed and again this is similar to what Paul said Paul sowed the seed Paul's watered and I think that's where he's doing at this point he's watering um, he's he's watering the disciples and hoping that they become saved and you know these people who are believers he's trying to encourage them to keep going on to to be strengthened through the grace that was given to them. Uh, so he greatly helped those who had believed through grace. So, however the Lord used them, uh, whether it's because of his oratory skills or knowledge of Scripture, the Lord used both of them so that he's able to go and minister uh, in this particular way. And as Christians, we understand that we sometimes have do have to be natural talents, things that we're just easily good at, and that the Lord, in a lot of ways, when we can see help, like redeems it, he makes it in such a way where whatever skill set that we want to use. Uh, better is, is shown in the context of of, of scripture and uh, he wanted to uh, uh, accurately handle God's word and he spoke uh, biblically he spoke accurately and this again the same idea here uh, that, he, that he's even more accurate so he's more accurate meaning that he he finally it finally made sense to him why uh, Jesus needed to come it made sense who that Isaiah 52 was talking about all of the Old Testament references uh, brings him to Jesus Christ and he believes he believes and he's now out there ministering to other people again that's our life as well God can use our natural uh, he who redeem us not just in our spiritual sense but also redeem us in terms of the, the gifts that he's given us he can use our talents uh, you know, certain talents we're used in a secular world or a non-believing world can be used in a unique way in the context of uh, 
of the faith. Uh, we can redeem things if we're wise about how we use our life. Verse 20, he powerfully refused the Jews in public, demonstrating by the scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. So what a change and transformation, right? Like Apollos was this eloquent speaker in the synagogues. Now he's, uh, you know, outcasted uh, in, uh, in in the church. And, um, and so he powerfully refuted. Uh, it can be translated, Apollos mightily argued them down. So he kept trying to win them over, and he's trying, using the scriptures to show them that um, that they are indeed, uh, the, the Christians indeed hold the true God, and that the Jewish people there need to come to saving faith. Now the lesson that we have here is that we want to be like Apollos in that way. Apollos is just, he knows uh, the way of the Lord, he's instructed in it, and he, and because of his passion for the Lord, he's able to speak eloquently, and uh, and he and he does, and he goes and encourages people with the life that he's given. Uh, and I pray that that will be for us, that we too, because of our knowledge and conviction of God's word, will be able to speak with conviction and clarity, and hopefully that people that hear the message will come to saving faith. And that's you, I pray that, and hope that as you listen to that, you too come to saving faith and, remember, and, and, and just realize that God lived that perfect life for you and died on your place and rise again three days later so that you do not have to suffer the, the eternal wrath that rightly belongs to both you and I. Well, I hope that this is helpful. I pray, Lord, that you can again uh, will be mindful of the life that God has given you so you can use it for uh, fully to his glory. Thanks for listening. Take care. Have a great day.